I'm uh, station manager Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Jane, you ignorant slut. It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. 3-605, 0 0.10, 0 0.20, 0 0.24, 0 0.26, 0 0.50, 0 0.70, 0 0.80. It specifies clean shirt, short hair, tie, pressed trousers, sports jacket or suit, and leather shoes, preferably with a high shine on them. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Dan Aykroyd podcast, and I am your host, Scott White. And this one's going to be a little bit different. A couple of months ago, maybe more like three, four months ago, I did a podcast with the Canadian movie crew, Sean and Mark, and we did one called Earth vs. the Spider, starring Dan Aykroyd. And this was the movie, this was the spark that gave me the idea to do the Dan Aykroyd podcast. Because after I did this uh, podcast with those guys, I realized I had quite a few Dan Aykroyd projects in my home. So this is, I guess what you would say, the birth, the spark, the idea that made the Dan Aykroyd podcast happen. So what I'm doing here is I'm in Ottawa, the birthplace of Dan Aykroyd. So I thought it would be fitting, since I am the birthplace of Dan Aykroyd, to play the birth of the Dan Aykroyd podcast. Uh, Sean and Mark were also uh, very intricate in this. They gave me the original recording that we did of their podcast, and they're letting me put it on my podcast. This is from the Canadian Movie Crew, and please check them out. When I post this, I'm going to put all their information in the description, where you can follow them, where you can find them. They're great guys. I do a lot of podcasts with them. It's very, very fun, so check them out. The Canadian Movie Crew. And this is Earth versus the Spider with the Canadian Movie Crew. Enjoy. You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. Earth versus the Spider is the story of a young man who gets evil spider powers. Or is it? Sometimes you're crazy, then you wonder why. I'm such a baby, cause the dolphins make me cry. But there's nothing I can do. I've been looking for a girl like you. Welcome back to the Yours of the Week podcast, where we try to find the real story behind the story. I'm Derek Farland. I mean, Mark. Joining us, uh, I, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm Scott White. I didn't know I was going to get an introduction. <laughs> uh, you're practically family now. So, uh, yeah, joining us, uh, Scott White is back with us again. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm ecstatic. I, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> and no, no, he doesn't mean the show. <laughs> yes, that's true. Oh. Yeah, that Earth Earth versus the Spider was bad, but I don't think it's bad enough to like that to let us make us hang up the microphone, so to speak. No, <laughs> no. If uh, if I was a zombie for the FBI, I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which job are you quitting? Uh, my my full time job. I'm getting a new one. Uh, I officially got the call yesterday. I'm switching jobs to a new one, so I'll be working at a hotel now instead of a call center. Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations, yeah. man. It's, uh... It's always good. They, some people are afraid of change, but sometimes change is good. Oh, I need to get the fuck out of there. Mark, you got out of there once. Yeah, but I still ended up in call centers, so. Yeah, well, that's true, too. 
<laughs> so one step forward. <laughs> Scott, you ever worked at a call center? I have never worked at a call center. Uh, don't. Don't. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, if someone says, hey, you're funny. You'd be good on the phone. Say, yep, I, I probably would. And just keep walking. Yeah, just walk <laughs> away. <laughs> but, uh, uh, speaking but today, of changes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have seen this movie before. So did I. Right around the same year. 2001. <laughs> really? Sure, a story about a young man who gains weird spider powers. Oh, okay. No, it comes no. out in I 2001. Mean... <laughs> yeah. Sound <Okay>. familiar? <laughs> I actually mean I, I've seen Earth versus the Spider before. What? <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. How? Uh, I, I, I think I caught the end of it. Um, I think I was living, still living at home, and it must have been on like IFC or something. Like it must oh, have been wow. on, like it must have been been playing on television. I think it was like a Sunday afternoon movie, on like a weird channel like Bravo or something like that. Like our our version of like Cinemax, uh, where they show all the art, art, all the artsy films and shit. Oh, oh, oh! This is artsy. Well, okay, maybe Showcase where they show the weird shit. Because I remember the scene where Dan Aykroyd run walks into his apartment and sees her in the spider web. I was like, I have seen this movie before, or at least this part before. Oh, I see. So, well, yeah, I, I suppose a, a good-looking woman tied up in a spider web might catch the eye. Actually, it was Dan Aykroyd that did it, which is depressing, but... Oh, no, Canadian love, right there. Well, sure. Okay, Canadian interest, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what were you... Uh, so, I will, once again, do I have to apologize for this movie again? For all the movies that I suggest? Uh, well, this one wasn't so so bad, but I I had a few laughs. I I, I think uh, I was a zombie for the FBI set a very very low bar, so this one's this one's tolerable. That was that was my plan. Set the <laughs> bar low. Yeah. <laughs> well, where did you come up with this one? Where did you find this one? Okay, so I was in a thrift store in San Antonio, and I saw the case Earth versus a spider, and I'm always a sucker for a giant insect movie. And Dan Aykroyd. And I like Dan Aykroyd. So it didn't have the DVD in it. It was just the case. So I thought, oh, they have the DVDs behind the counter. You take the case up there. And I take the case up there. And they're like, uh, no, we don't, we don't have the DVD. It's just the case. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then they go, I swear, they go, do you still want to buy the case? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> How much? How much for oh, the case? It was like two dollars. It was two dollars. <laughs> please, please buy this case. We can't. The, the, somebody took the DVD. We can't sell the case. Just buy the case. We'll pay you to take the case. <laughs> That's exactly what somebody went in there and you know slipped the DVD into their coat and left the. Well, okay, so it, so I didn't buy it. And then like. Uh, like uh, last month, a couple of months ago, I saw it in a in a DVD in a used DVD store, and I bought it. So I, because it was just I always had that. It's like that just struck that memory. It's like okay, yeah, I'll buy this. I thought of you guys after I bought it. I go, this is something that we could definitely do on this show. So that's where the <laughs> how much how much this time around five dollars. Oh, see, that's where they get you. That's where <laughs> oh, they get so you. The extra three bucks is for the movie. Yeah, the three yes, three dollars for the movie, two dollars for the case. case. Yeah. 
Well, this is a doozy, Scott. I got to say, right from the get-go with their opening on their fake comic book, I was like, I was in for like a monster movie, like you said. And then I we open up and it's like a comic book movie. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I was surprised I, right uh, from go. I thought the exact same thing. It was, and, uh, and as we know, by watching this movie, this movie really doesn't know what it wants to be. Does it want to be a comic book movie? Does it want to be a horror movie? Does it want to be a thriller? Does it, it goes all over the film noir, a detective oh, story. Thank you. It's I was going to say a 1930s detective story. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think Dan Aykroyd and the lady playing his wife are in that movie. And then they somehow loosely wrapped it around this not superhero movie. Like it's, they shot two movies and somehow made it work into something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing that's interesting about this, uh, although it's from uh, Stan Winston Studios. Stan Winston, I knew that name somewhere. I looked it up. He's actually, like, really big into special effects. Not computer, but, like, practical effects. Yeah. So when we get down to the actual spider himself, he doesn't look that bad because, and when we're dealing with Stan uh, Stan Winston's Creature House, um, he's done everything from, like, uh, Terminator, uh, Jurassic Park, Avatar, all all kinds of, like, like really big-name movies. Um, with, with practical effects, he's actually a big name in that. So I was surprised to see his name attached to it. And then I saw the spider. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, it was like interesting to see a big name attached. Aside from Ackroyd. No, I, I agree. The, uh, the practical spider. Well, at the, the, well, we're getting ahead of our, yeah. For the most part, the practical spider effects were, were very good. Especially considering the budget they must have had for this, which was yeah, uh, next to nothing. I'm sure the budget went to Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably they weren't promoting his vodka. Um, well, well, I just wanted – I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to uh, – Dan Aykroyd must have done this movie because he wanted to. Because a lot of – you see a lot of big-name stars or former big-name stars that are doing movies because they're broke. Like Nicolas Cage, he's doing it. Dan Aykroyd has more money than God because of all of his side businesses, because of the, you know, the, the, you know, those blues cafe, the blues brothers cafes. And, and you mentioned it vodka. I looked it up. He's he's worth between 300 and $400 million. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. But some of that has come in the last little while. I don't think he had his vodka back in 2001. No, probably. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I don't think Dan Aykroyd did this for the money. I think he did it because it was just something that he wanted to do. He wasn't forced to do this. Oh, like no. Nicholas was. No. no I, I think guess. we can all agree that Dan Aykroyd is batshit crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he believes in the occult. He, like The character from, from uh, with him in Ghostbusters about believing in the occult and aliens and everything else. That's not far from the actual truth. Oh, no. No, it's not. Yeah, you're right. Hey, did I ever tell you guys I met him once? Oh, really? No. Okay. So uh, I'm walking up the street in... Actually, it was in Kingston. And uh, and I say up the street because it was literally up a hill. And he was uh, uh, just ahead of me. He was actually putting some uh, quarters in a, in a parking meter. Um, that goes to show you how far, how old, how old the the story is. It's actually right around the release of this movie, probably a year or two after. Um, and uh, I'm like, holy cow, it's Dan Aykroyd, and I'm I'm thinking I'll I'll never get a chance to meet a celebrity like that again. 
Um, so he he walks up to our local theater. It's one of the older school ones where uh, with the marquee and stuff like that. It's not one of the big box ones. Um, that's the one that they had downtown. So anyway, he's in the doorway kind of just off the sidewalk. And I was like, oh, Mr. Ackroyd, I just wanted to say I'm a really big fan of your movies. And I, I barely got that sentence out when from out of my blind spot comes barreling a very large police officer who says to him, uh, yeah, we just came to let you know we got that thing all taken care of. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Move along. He got literally that had thing taken care of. Yeah. Or so, something like that. Like it was very innocuous, very, oh uh, yeah, I just wanted to let you know, or we made the arrangements or whatever. Like he basically, but the guy was out of breath. Like he was, as far as I could tell, the cop was parked across the street watching out for Dan Aykroyd because he came out of nowhere and just like basically was like, you know, started to talk to him. And so I would leave and I'm like, yep, I get the hint. I'm gone. So I just kept walking. <laughs> well, that's weird. Yep. I had to, well, once you said he was, he was a little weird, I was like, yeah, I got to tell this story now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Our tax dollars at work. <laughs> wow, that's fucking weird. Welcome back, Dan Aykroyd. We can say that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, from Ghostbusters 2 and Crossroads. Both oh, done that's on right. Show. That's right, yes. The Britney Spears movie. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm going to welcome to the show one person here. John Cho. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Well, I had no idea was in this movie. and He showed up, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Now there's actual stars in this thing? Like, what the hell? This is like the before they were stars section of of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> when oh, did Harold uh, Kumar come out? Harold um, Kumar. Yeah, good question. Because this is, well, it had because it, it had to be after this, but I'm not because this was 2001. Uh, let's see. 2004. There you go. Okay, so this was a couple years before that. So, yeah. So the story revolves around a guy, uh, Quentin, who works as a security guard at Biochem Co., which I thought was weird because it's not Biochem Space Company, it's Biochemco. Biochemco, yeah. Like, the full word. And I'm, that, that threw me <laughs> off. That threw me off, I have to admit. Um, well, here's what, here's what threw me off is, you know, this movie has the typical bad movie padding. It's like, we gotta, we gotta get this movie out. And a typical bad movie padding is watching the, uh, the protagonist get ready for the day you know, where the, he gets up and he does, she, uh, he showers and all that. And we see all that. But we see him, what threw me off is we see him brush his teeth first, and then he eats breakfast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good point. Monster yeah. does that. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah, that was weird. Uh, as you can see, he's already got the makings of a monster right from the get-go. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then they're dropping hints. It's like he's got his hands full, and he has to turn off the stove. So he turns it off with his foot. He turns to his dog, who's named Thor. So you think this really is going to be a comic book movie. And he goes, don't you ever wish you had another hand? You know, which is totally... Uh Huh? In that situation would have put something down on the counter right next to them and turned off the stove. 
Yeah, or so that was the le- before you pick up everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Cook your meal. And then it- turn off the stove. Yeah. Then brush your teeth. Then head up the door. Like <laughs> this guy's. And an then try. Then try to pick up your neighbor. Um. Oh. oh, oh we'll get you. Not oh, Mary Jane. Not Brooke Burke. Okay. Yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not Denise Richards. Okay, yeah, Actually, Denise, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I couldn't think of her name. Not Denise Richards. It's like she. I knew who it was. Charlie Sheen's ex. That's all I could think of. Yes, not Denise Richards. So. <laughs> and then there's seen when he's brushing his teeth and he has a flower in a in a uh, a test tube. You know, and he puts some water in it, and they pay a lot of attention to it. So you think to yourself, that's going to come back later in the film. That's going to be important later in the film. Nope. Never seen it. <laughs> Never so, seen again. Yeah, and that <laughs> means nothing. I spent so much time with it in the first place because it never comes back. Well, you, you think he would, like, maybe, I don't know, give it to her as, like, a cute little present or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, those, uh, well, there, I don't want to jump it. Well, I guess we can, can we jump around in this movie? Sure. Or we gonna go? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, my notes go from end to end here, so. Um, well, here, here, I'll, I'll give you an overall thing. He, there's a break in for some reason at the bio. Never, once again, never explained why this is, you know, why the break in is. No. <laughs> yeah, they, they obviously want what the lab is working on. We know that. But it never comes back. There's no super villain that's after this stuff or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. That's what they're missing is is a real there's bad no villain. Guy. Yeah, there's no villain in the movie at all. You're yes, they have the uh, they have the prototypical. Oh well, that guy. You know the people who are going to get killed immediately when you see it. The two punks. You know they're going to get killed. And, oh yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, ass- I'm coming back. The to cop. Yeah, we're going to come back though. But the asshole cop. You know he's going to get killed. So. It's like no surprise of all the people that eventually get killed in this movie. But yeah, there's a break-in at, at Biochemco, and they're after the secret formula. Sure, okay. And I, I love it. They have the uh, the like the young the young security guard and the old security guard, and so they've got a yeah. guy who's got a limp and is you know probably two days away from retirement, although they didn't say it. Um, and and well, let's. Let's be fair. The limp comes and goes. <laughs> yeah, okay, so he has a partial limp. Yeah. <laughs> when he remembers to limp, he limps. <laughs> yeah. You, I think you have more appearances on this show than he had limps in the movie where he's supposed to have a limp. <laughs> yes. He's part time. All right. But so then this chemical, this this chemical company, who has enough money for all this research equipment stuff, they arm their guys with pepper spray so when armed gunmen descend on this place in droves apparently because there seemed to be always like a new guy popping up on the camera oh no look out guy in ski mask and then I, and then i get there oh no look out guy in ski mask and there's already two guys in ski masks already in there and so they arm them with pepper spray and wonder why the how could you let this happen bitch give me a gun <laughs> yeah i'm a rent a cop i have mace when they fire him they fire him. Yeah. Well, who calls the cops? They don't. Yeah, because he hit the button, but it didn't work. 
They hit unless it was a silent alarm, but the, oh, from did, his he hit, reaction, did he hit a button? I was too busy making fun of him. The old guy did, yeah. There was a button under the table, but when he hit it, he goes, "Oh shit!" or something like that. Like it didn't work. Oh, so I don't know. And just the fact, like you brought up the old man, it's like when he's like, you know, you're a good kid, and blah blah blah. I'm like, oh man, this guy's on borrowed time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's he's our Uncle Ben. Yes. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Oh, I didn't even think of that, but now you put that in my head. Yes, oh, we have my the God. yeah, Not... we have the hot the hot neighbor Mary Jane. We got the old the old uh, the old guy gives. You should ask that nice girl next door, friggin' <laughs> Uncle Ben. I'm That's surprised. Okay. He, I'm surprised he didn't say. Uh, well, I'm surprised he didn't say the line. You know, uh, you you've got some power there, kid, and with great power comes, um, well, you know, you really should take care of that. There's <laughs> something, you know. But I didn't think of that. You're absolutely right. He was the Uncle Ben character. Mm-hmm. I don't know about well, that, but... <laughs> oh, sure. Well, a wise old man gives him advice and he dies and Buddy gets really pissed off oh, about it. Like, this is... The advice he gives is ask out the hot chick? <laughs> well, we don't get a lot of time with them, so... Well, that's very true, too. That's very yeah, true, too. Yeah, yeah. He... Uncle Ben is taken from us long before he deserved to be, so... <laughs> The only thing missing from that scene was the line, I'm getting too old for this shit. That was the only thing missing from that. <laughs> you going to have lethal weapon this thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Derek, keep going with the summary there. and let's. Uh... Uh, yeah, so the break-in happens, and so he gets fired, and, and he realizes we've had a run-in with some bullies, too, and he's sick and tired of being weak. So he decides he's going to inject himself with some biochemical shit, some red goo, that he, and the only reason he does it is because the old security guard theorizes that <laughs> it's giving the spiders more power. So he goes on the assumption that the security guard is right. <laughs> Doesn't and then stabs himself with the thing, thus getting spider powers. Which, Which okay, <laughs> first question. First By the question. way, summarize that perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the obvious first question is why are you believing the old security guard when you have fucking scientists in there? It's true. They, for all he knows, they could be trying to like cure arachnid cancer or something like that, or you they know, could be trying to give it arachnid AIDS. He might, you know? yeah, they might be testing out an AIDS cure on these things. And <laughs> well, and did you notice this is a thing? But did you notice that the needle that he injects himself with it isn't a needle; it has a flat point. It's like that would never go into your arm. It had a flat point. It wasn't a needle. It, it, the the top, it was flat. If you look at it, I go because the the way he did it, it's like there's no way that thing would go into his arm unless <laughs> it, it was a amount of pressure. But no, it wasn't a needle. So and so you see them. They're watching their the the process, and they see a needle go into a spider, and and red stuff that glows is coming out of the spider. Yeah. Why would you put that in your body without talking to somebody about it first? I don't mean the old man. Like, Uncle Ben doesn't know everything. 
<laughs> yeah, he just assumes that this is going to give him superpowers because he's read too many comics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, secondly, okay, this is what, okay, we know later on whatever he got injected with does give him superpowers but turns him into a human spider. Right. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> so Man's my spider. question, so my question becomes... What were they trying to do to the spider? Make it more of a spider? Make it more spider? (laughs) Give it it 16 legs? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Like, what was it supposed to do? I understand that, you know, the the molecular buildup of of humans and spiders are different, granted. but what exactly were they trying to do to the tarantula? Yeah, and and, and I I can't say I, I don't I can't believe the old man's security guard because it's not like he's going in. Is he interviewing the scientist every day? So what are you doing today, Doc? And well, well, Jimmy, yeah, I'm glad you asked. Uh, this is what we're, we've been up to for the last twenty years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just I but but that's all we're given is that oh it's it's making them stronger somehow. Taking, and, and that's the thing they they take red goo from one spider and put it in another spider, and all we see is that other spider later on after the robbery is walking around. It gets stepped on and then just gets back up and keeps going, so it's somehow invincible. Right. Now, what this movie will not do is to show us that this guy becomes invincible because the only time he gets shot, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Like the spider becomes invincible, but it doesn't give him invincibility, which is entirely what he was looking for in the first place. <laughs> yeah, he he gets the like Captain America level strength, um, you know, from the get go. And okay, sorry, we should finish the summary first because I've got way too much. To... Okay, well, let's go. <laughs> I've got so thoughts. so over the next little while, he um, he starts. Um, using his powers, he finds he's finding out what his powers are. This is a very Venom esque movie. If you saw Venom last year, um, where he's constantly hungry and he's gaining strength, and he yeah. can find out that he can do things. He can shoot webs out the middle of his chest uh, because they don't want to get sued. <laughs> Because don't most spiders shoot it out of their butt? Thank you. That's what, in real life, spiders shoot webs out of their butt. Yes. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, or if he had maybe just, maybe if he had grown something like a thorax on you know, up front there, maybe a little beer belly action, but have the web be in there. So does well, it shoot of his ass? I don't know. We did see the beer belly action in one scene but then the next scene it was gone so that goes nowhere yeah <laughs> right and then we see the the scene uh well i'll talk about that scene when we get to it but there's right. a hilarious scene that that wasn't supposed to be hilarious so okay but he's he gains his superpowers right he gains his superpowers and then he shows off in front of uh not uh denise richards um, he beats up the bullies, who I guess have no nothing better to do than just to stand outside the building and wait for people to come by to bully. Because <laughs> that's, that's 
cool. This seems to be all they're doing. <laughs> uh, but okay, since since we're we're talking about these guys, mind you, that that is true. However, it seems to only be a nine to five job because at one point our hero comes home after dark and they're gone. So fair enough. They only like is it? Do they have to be home for, before lights the, before it's dark? Like is that what their moms well, say? Or don't remember at the end of the movie he gets them and it's dark. So. Well, I know, but it's just at the first time we see them not in front of the building, it's dark. So I'm like, oh, they punch out more. You know, Maybe. do they punch in? Is it is it you know, morning Ralph, morning Sam, chink chink, and then they go to they go to work harassing the women of whatever city this is. Well, it's not just the women; it's the homeless too. Oh, it fair seems enough. like oh, and that's another thing. Uh, we see him. Uh, we see him bond with this homeless man. And you think that's going to go somewhere? It's like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna get hungry, and he's gonna want to eat this homeless, you know. And he, and that goes nowhere. Yeah, yeah. All this camaraderie, all this, you know, what he builds up with this homeless man, that doesn't go anywhere. There's a lot of things in this movie that you think's going to go somewhere, never do, and it, it's just there for padding to get it out to an hour and a half. Because I think this was originally, well. Do they swear because they're swearing in this? Because I think this was originally for the sci-fi movie. It's a TV movie. It's a TV movie. Yeah, and it, that's what it's built under. Half, so that means it was two hours with commercials. Right. Right. So they were just using all this stuff to pad it out. Oh, wow. And this is my question, too. Why is it called Earth versus the Spider? Good question. Thank you. I have that in my notes too. Because he no never leaves. He never leaves like the borough of his one town. Uh, well, I have an opinion on that. If you guys want to hear it, go ahead. I know I'm an old white middle aged man, and my opinion doesn't mean much nowadays. But here's my opinion. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was homage because there it was, there was a movie from the fifties called Earth versus the Spider. Right. And as you guys pointed out before, we really don't know what time this movie takes. It's it supposedly takes place in two thousand one, but we see the we see like rotary phones and newspapers are a good thing, and nobody has a computer. I know computers weren't per as prolific as they were now then, but computers were around in two thousand one. I just think it was an homage because I think the director was just trying to make it feel like a 1950s movie set in 2000 so i just think the name is just an homage to to, to past movies because when he goes into the comic book store the movie playing on the tv is tarantula which is a 1950s giant spider movie i right. I, I, I don't think the the name has anything to do with the movie i think it's homage to the movies that he was trying to pay homage to in this movie just my opinion on that well, okay. the, yeah, the, the original came out in 1958. <clears throat> the original Earth versus the Spider. Um, and, uh, yeah, in fact, actually, our, our main character, uh, last name Kemen, is named after, or Kemmer, sorry, is named after the lead role, uh, Ed Kemmer, played by, um, or no, the actor, sorry, playing one of the roles, Ed Kemmer played Professor Art Kingman. So there actually was a scientist involved. Oh, um, wow. Now, that one, the description, according to IMDb, reads, Teenagers from a rural community and their high school science teacher join forces to battle a giant mutant spider. 
That's from so, the 1950s one. That's the 50s one that this one's named after, but they change it saying, well, there's that there's that, that darn Marvel movie coming out in two th- this year, so why not change it to be a Spider-Man ripoff? Yeah, I'm really surprised this wasn't the Asylum movie. Well, honestly, guys, this isn't a Spider... You know what this is a ripoff of? The Fly. This is really a low-grade fly. Oh, well, it's got, uh, it definitely has elements of that for sure. Yeah, I yeah. kind of see this both. Uh, I kind of saw this book because it does have the body horror um, from from the fly, but yeah, but the, all the comic book, the overt comic book references and and stuff like that. It, it, it I, I'm sorry, and I'm calling out character archetypes. I mean, this came out the same year as Spider Man, but the Spider Man story goes back to like the '60s as well. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I I can't help but think it's part this, part that. And you're right, though. I mean, let's talk about uh, like some of the the cars. Some of the cars are from the '30s and '40s. Some of the vehicles you see on the street, like they're these these goons outside the apartment, are from like like an eight, a bad seventies or eighties movie. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm surprised they didn't just they didn't call them a jive turkey as they were trying to you know what I mean the way they're dressed <laughs> yeah. and the way they it's like there's no one no one does that in 2001. Um, we know this is after 1996 because they uh, John Cho drops the name Laura Croft. Tomb Raider was in uh, came out in 1996. No, so he also has uh, mini cameras. You know, he sets up mini cameras. Mini, that's right. Yeah, all his little spy gear that he has. It's but his con- <laughs> his his TV is from the 50s. I was going to say on a 50s TV. Yeah, yeah. So this this movie has no idea what era it's in. I've I know there are uh, like you go back to the Tim Burton Batman. They do kind of an older aesthetic to try and keep it. Um, kind of timeless right like this this isn't really any era this is somewhere else this just doesn't doesn't do that as well because especially since they're bringing in references like other pop culture stuff like laura croft uh, or mm-hmm. referencing comic books and stuff like that like it just it, I think it's trying to do that Thor, yeah well yeah exactly there's no and there's no way this guy is naming his dog thor after the norse myth <laughs> no no you're absolutely right yes and then when the, the, the reporters show up at the break-in, they have that old-timey camera that you have to yeah, hold ooh, with both yes. hands. <laughs> yeah, with the big flash bulb that made the... Flash yeah. in his face. Yeah, so this weird. movie... It, 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 yeah, this was throwing me off throughout the entire thing because they're just like, well, we'll reference something from the 90s, but we'll have cars from the 50s and goons from the 60s and 70s or whatever. And... um. I'm surprised there wasn't a no, rumble. You're <laughs> absolutely right, because I have that in my notes. I go, this movie doesn't know what time frame it wants to be in. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. All right, so go on, Derek, please. Uh, well, they, um, so he goes on, he gets a little bit of uh, revenge on the bullies. Um, and there's a scene where he... And we can, I'll, scene. I'll, can, I make a, can I make a comment here about the bullies? Sure. Or this is... Okay, so this is this is something that bothered me in the movie. It's because we go back to the we go back to the old man and uh, our hero's name. I can't think of it, but he's like, "You're a nice, you're a nice guy." And he, when he's talking to not Denise Richards, she's like, "You know, some girls like a nice guy." So it, it's built up to the fact that okay, so you know, women like nice guys. The minute he gets macho and the minute he threatens these guys and the minute he, you know, that's yeah. when her panties just drop. Oh, that was. So all that talk about women liking nice guys, total bullshit in this movie. Because the minute he shows that he's a badass, she just gets all 
she just gets all into him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, and she even gives him shit for being a nice guy uh, after just after the robbery when she's patching him up at home, um, talking about what happened and everything. And he gets up to walk walk her to the door. She gives him shit. Says, you know, you know what? You don't have to be a nice guy all the time. I can walk myself to the door. It's like, okay, so some girls like nice guys. Apparently, you're not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was just something that stuck in my craw. Uh, when I saw that. Amen. Yeah. Another, we see it again in the movie where Dan Aykroyd's wife is cheating on him with a with a gung ho cop because apparently Dan Aykroyd has lost his nerve, which is a tough spot. He's, yeah. he's he's completely cuckolded. Yes, he knows about it. That is a term I never thought we would be using on this show. Uh, who knows <laughs> on using that term? That is a perfect term, but you're right. He's but completely cuckolded in this entire movie. Cause they're open, they're out and about. There are they're they're painting the town red right under his nose, and he knows about it. Yeah, he doesn't do anything about it other than when she gets really drunk, he takes her home. Yeah, and then later on, she gets she gets mad at him. You know where he is. You know what's happened to him. You know where he. And he's just like whatever and walks away. Well, there's that scene in the middle there where where they they have their their big chat, and this is where I'm like, are they do they think they're in Gone with the Wind? Uh, because she's got like like kind of old timey hair going on, and I'm and the I'm surprised they didn't use like a bit softer lighting, and you know she's I do declare I need a man with strength, and yes. she's talking about yeah, and how, basically calling him a pussy to his face. And he's drinking a martini. He's yeah, he's drinking right. a martini. He's that was ready seat. to go when he got home. <laughs> it was already shaken. Yeah, well, she's Worcester, a drunk. Whichever way he prefers, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's already had my Okay, well, we're jumping around. Okay, let's get let's get through the plot summary, and then we can go back. Okay, well, I, I, got, I got today. So. I want to go back. I want to go back to the point where he's talking to not Denise Richards, and he's getting the uh, the the marks on his arm. Uh, the one guy calls a tattoo, but basically it's showing that the spider thing is taking over, and she thinks that he's doing drugs. Yeah, and he says, "No, no, no." I'm not doing drugs. I work at a chemical factory and I just injected myself with something and I don't know what exactly it was. <laughs> you read my mind. That is exactly what I have in my notes. And then, and then she says, oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, I will not stand here if you're a drug user. I know track marks when I see them. No, no, no. I work in a chemical factory, and I don't know what this was, but I just stabbed myself with it. She's like, oh, okay, well, that makes more sense. <laughs> what? You are 100% right. I have that in my notes. She's studying to be a nurse, and this guy just told you he injected himself with a foreign, with a, with a foreign substance that he knows nothing about, and you just like, okay, that's fine. That <laughs> which what? And, and and there's visible side effects. Like she can see what it's doing. You would think as a woman of science, right? You know, or uh, or someone who wants to help people, she would want to start investigating this. Like I thought she was going to start playing a bit bigger role, like using whatever medical training she has to try and help him. Nope, she's just the neighbor who ends up being the damsel in distress. Like, yeah. 
that's, that's her entire role in this. She has she has no substance in this. Yeah, she has no agency other than to be a, be a love interest and a damsel in distress. There are no there are no strong women in this in this movie. She's just a damsel in distress, mm-hmm. and Dan Aykroyd's wife. There's only really two female characters, yeah. and Dan Aykroyd's wife is just a a drunk whore. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. No, no strong, no strong female characters in this movie at all. Which is funny because they invoke again. I'll say it, Laura Croft, who is was created as a strong female character for a video game later on movies. Yeah. So they invoke the name of Laura Croft, but there are no Laura Crofts in this movie. <laughs> but here's the weird thing: is throughout the whole movie, while all this is going on, there's a murderer on the loose, and apparently, so was that. Actually, the murderer that went to kill or rape not Denise Richards. Yes. How do we know? How do we know that? I don't know. We don't. We're never told. Like we're told that that well, the killer's dead. Wait, wait a second. The killer. You don't know who it is. How do you know it's this guy? Yeah. Where's the evidence trail that says this is the guy that was doing all the murders? And we're just assuming that it's this guy because that's what they say during the movie. So, well, so, so is our police force. How, how are we supposed to believe these guys know what they're doing? <laughs> that'd be very, that'd be very convenient police work if you could just, you know, pick a guy out and go, he did it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Case solved. Just, just pick a dead guy so they can't say no, I didn't. That's all. Yeah. Like, well, oh. here's here's what I took from that scene. This is the scene where he's slowly realizing that something's happening to him and oh, not getting- so slowly so damn slowly sorry go on no no you're absolutely right because i have written oh. in my notes this takes forever yeah um so denise not denise richards is getting beat up and he punches her and she <laughs> goes unconscious me, and the minute it happened, I said to myself, he's going to come in and do some stu- some super spider shit because she's unconscious and she won't be able to identify him. Oh, absolutely. And that's exactly I like, once she went unconscious, he's going to bust in there with his spider, with his quote-unquote spider sense. Did you hear that? You know, he has, he has spiders. They don't call it spider sense, but he has spider sense. So another reference to Spider-Man right there. Yeah. yeah. He, feels, he feels tremors in... And vibrations like a spider does on a web, and that's what's giving him the heads up. Uh, I, since we brought up the powers, first of all, uh, that scene makes me laugh kind of because she's in the fight of her life. This is exactly when he's bonding with the bum outside. This is his, ah, uh, you got a dollar for my car, and he guess you don't have a car. Wah, wah. Meanwhile, upstairs, this woman's about to be raped, yeah. in the you know, and uh, or, or killed. And, and bonding with the bum, as we mentioned before, leads to nowhere. Right, leads yeah, to nowhere, no. and then and then he stops to be like, "Do you hear that? Do you feel that?" Well, first of all, you know you injected yourself with something foreign. You know it's changing your body, uh, and you think the bum's going to hear all of that. What what makes you think the bum has <laughs> has these superpowers? Uh, and then and, and he's wasting time. And meanwhile, she, you're right; she's getting uh, you know she's getting beat up, poor thing. And and uh, it's absolutely a, a trope, yeah, where she can't see him, so he's going to reveal himself to the villain only, and take him out. Oh, and by the way, I just want to go back. We were talking about how we, how the time, we don't know what time this movie takes place in. Yeah. I have written in my notes, I just saw this. 
when they're at the bar, the song that's playing, it, it's it's Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie and the Blowfish are playing in the bar. <laughs> so there's another time reference. So this is mid-90s that they're doing with the music. So, yeah, this is all over the place. It, it and how they, got that, how they got that song for that movie, well, I guess that, that's way past Hootie's prime, but uh, only I only want to be with you. That's the song that's playing in the bar. Yeah, oh, I know what song I'm using for this show. So, yeah, t- tell me. Don't bring the show in with the uh, 1960s Spider Man. Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we we can get That's true on too. that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, does he have super hearing? They make yes. us think he has super hearing. Yes, he does. Yeah, I didn't know spiders hear real well. <laughs> they hear me talking about it right now, obviously, because um, they have super hearing. That's a thing that spiders have, right? Well, you know, you know the giant ears that spiders have. Yeah, absolutely. They tell well me. I keep. They keep telling me to keep it down. So I guess they do. I was so. Fuck? I was so happy he didn't. He didn't hurt the dogs. I am not cool with dogs getting dogs or cats getting hurt in movies. That was the one good move. Is that he says uh, he gives the dog to the neighbor. So he's like, take care of him because I can't right now. Basically, I'm going to eat this thing if, if if he hangs around. Thor was my favorite character, by the way. <laughs> so they uh, they they solve the murder of the Midtown murderer, Midtown murderer, Midtown yeah. Slayer, Midtown, Midtown murderer. I think, yeah. Which is huh, what very descriptive. Oh, he murders in Midtown. He's the Midtown murderer. <laughs> Good job. Um, and then and then what? The cop go? How how does the cop die? Williams. The one that uh, the wife is cheating uh, on that the guy hates because he bullied him. Too. He responds to a call at the bodega. At the bodega? The convenience store? Oh, right. Oh, really? Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah, because yes, Alfred finds it. his badge at the... Is that the right term? Bo- is it Bodega. Is that a convenience store? Is that an American term for... I've heard bodega a lot. It, isn't that what it is? Uh, oh, we do not use that term here in America. We just use convenience store. I think so, in New York, in New York, they use it. I've heard that. Look that up. Yeah. That anyway, up. go ahead. But yeah, so the, the okay, so the the only other lady character in this is playing a, a, what would you call him? Goth. A couple of goths are in a store. He thinks that the one guy is, uh, or he thinks the one guy's <laughs> going to rape rape her and rob the other girl that's there, the other goth girl. So he beats up the guy. And then she's like, you're weird. We were just, you know, he's my boyfriend. I'm like, excuse me? He's weird for stopping someone who said he was going to rob and rape you? You're in yeah, a- yeah, here's the, yeah. It's like she's obviously in an abusive relationship. and But when somebody comes to defend her, she jumps to her boyfriend's aid. This guy who, like you said, is just going to, is just when slapping her around and threatened to rape and rob her. I don't think it was that. I think they were into some weird stuff, like, 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 uh, you know, they were just playing robber, like robber. It was role play. Yeah, it was some weird role play. But you, you're out in a convenience store. Take that shit home. Yes. <laughs> if you don't yeah. want someone to stop, if, if you don't want, if your boyfriend's going to pretend to rob you and threaten you in public, you can't, you can't just, you know, shout at someone who steps in. Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, if I saw that going on in a convenience store, I wouldn't stop and be like, excuse me, are you two cosplaying? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Are you two larping? Are you two larping? 
Yeah, you larping. <laughs> Sadly, I know. I, I, well, I know a few. Plus people. one ring. Plus one ring. Plus one ring. <laughs> my defense. So one, my defense yeah. is plus five. So, <laughs> once again, a poorly, a poorly written female character. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not a very good female character. God no. Um, and he, so she tries to run away, and he chest webs her. When he first discovers his chest web, he has webbed himself. He's webbed the ceiling, so he's dangling. But his body is perfectly horizontal. He's like, that's not how gravity works. You're not. No. It, it, it looked like a magic trick where he was somebody's going to put a hoop around him at one moment. <laughs> like his arms and legs would be dangling. It would be dangling, and he he just was perfectly horizontal, like he was. Like he was hypnotized, you know, and now, and now my assistant. Yeah, so he's the lovely yeah. assistant. <laughs> Here's my guess. So this movie does not know does not know how gravity works, <laughs> <laughs> or that nodule in his chest is so perfectly centered somehow. Yeah, it's a perfect center of balance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's perfectly balanced. He's, yes, yes. <laughs> so, so he loves him up, and the cop shows up, and she and he's like, "Huh," and he makes some kind of smart-ass remark. And she's she's webbed up on the floor; she can barely breathe. And he's like, "Huh? Well, that's interesting." I'm like, "Fucking cut her loose!" <laughs> yeah. He's like, and he's like, "Okay, hang on, I'll get you out." And he's like, "Not he's not very quick; like he's not rushing to save her life." He's like, "Oh." All right. Well, I guess this is my day now. All right. Let me I, I find. Would... He brings out a Swiss Army knife and he's going through all the attachments. Like, uh, let's see, bottle opener, spoon, toothpick. Oh, here's the knife. All right, <laughs> here we go. I'm like, maybe fucking hurry, asshole. And, <laughs> and did did you notice that her? Um, she was webbed pretty much from the waist up, but she was acting like the webbing was everywhere, like her like her legs couldn't move. She was webbed <laughs> only on her left side. Oh, that's right. Yeah, just when the one she side. She falls over. She's webbed on completely the left side. The right <laughs> side is not touched, yet she can't move anywhere. <laughs> yes, she could have brought out her right arm and pointed up the stairs where Spider Guy. We don't want to, where Spider Guy was hiding. Yeah. We can't even use Man Spider because that was a uh, Marvel character in the 90s, too. But anyway, yeah. No, and, and then he comes down, like he's, he does his, like a Willem Dafoe Green Goblin type thing. <laughs> but I don't know if you guys noticed, when, when, that scene is, when that scene was shot, you can clearly see the wires under his shirt. Oh, no way. Yes, if you look at his shirt, his shirt is pulled up. In a way that those are clearly wires. So that's oh. that. Is, I saw that. Yeah, I was laughing too hard. I couldn't. Uh, my, my eyes were teared up. I saw that. I laughed even more. So yeah. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> sorry. Go on. Um, so what happens after that? So well, so, so after that, he he doesn't kill Williams. He takes Williams back to the basement of his apartment house. Right. The storage room that doesn't seem to need a key most of the time. That anybody can wander into. Yeah. Yes. You're going to keep your valuables. Oh, by the way, we forgot 
we passed up the part where he's helping her move his stu- her stuff down into the basement, and a box breaks open, and all these comic books fall out. So she's a comic book nerd too. Wow. Wait, wait a second. Hot, uh, hot nurse lives next door and read comic books. I'm, did I write this movie? <laughs> I may have written this. Don't movie. get ahead of me, Mark. <laughs> oh, you know I was going to say that. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, it, uh, Dan Aykroyd. This is the part where Dan Aykroyd shows up at the convenience store, by, you know, <clears throat> checking. Out. And I, I was surprised. Uh, Dan Aykroyd was in this movie more than I thought he would be because oh, really? I thought going to be a. I thought this was going to be a typical. I'll give you one day of shooting, and you can put my name above the credits. Oh, one yeah. of those, and, and no, I mean he's not a lot in the. He's in sporadically in the in the first half of the movie, but in the second half of the movie, he's pretty much in it all the way till the end. He so. becomes the main character. Yeah, he becomes the main protagonist. He does, because yeah, our, our, our hero turns villain essentially. Like he he does like one heroic thing, but then he just becomes a flat out murderer and a thief, and like he steals from his best buddy. John Cho, he just like he, he takes the arachnid avenger statue and just says, "I'm good for it," and he leaves. So he just stole from him. Well, he does pay him back eventually, I guess. But I mean, like, there's, no, there's you're right. You're right. At that point, we don't know that. At that point, he just takes he takes something from what who he calls his best friend. So and, 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 yeah, we know he's killed the goons. We know he's he you know he's he's took him the taken the police officer. Um, he somehow during the whole convenience store thing, oh, he grows suck- He grows a during that his spider arm, which looks like a cow hoof. So, yeah, but how did he drain the life from that guy? He didn't spend that much time with him. Like he flipped him over and then was dealing with the with the girlfriend. But we well, come back to Ackroyd and the medical examiner, and he's like, "Oh, somehow he sucked the life out of him." Oh, thanks for the medical explanation, Doc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Here's Thanks, the main problem. The main problem I have with this movie is all the kills and all the action is off screen. We never see anybody. We never see him really take somebody apart on screen. We never see him suck the blood on screen. Most of this, most of the violence happens off screen. There's, or, a, or, yeah, it, there's a quick blackout. Well, yeah, the the one big one is when he punches the the Midtown murderer and he goes flying through that door. That's the one big action sequence. That's the one action scene that they show. Yeah, the rest of the time it's all or or it's very like there's the one with with Trixie. Uh, I guess we're getting to that, but yeah, sorry, keep keep going. <laughs> well, I guess well, well we'll head towards the end because they it all comes to a head. You got the Williams is in the web being i i guess slowly eaten because he because he needs to eat and that if you've seen venom then you know that this is the way this goes but um so he's got williams there i guess slowly eating him uh she comes in well first off dan Aykroyd comes in because he just suddenly figures out that he knows what's going on because he talks to one of the biochem guys he's like so what are you doing here and they're like can't tell you it's like you're doing genetic research, aren't you? He's like, yeah. Have you ever done cross a human cross with a spider? No, that you know of. And then they cut. <laughs> Wink. Wink. 
<laughs> so after you know we go to these crime scenes and there's all these spider webs and nobody th- and then finally Dan Aykroyd takes a sample of a spider web and sends it you know and takes it to the lab and all that so but I'm just it's yeah it's, shoddy, it's shoddy police work in, in all the scenes which I guess they needed to have so the movie could progress but it's the the cops in this movie uh, most of the cops in this movie are incompetent even back to the original break-in where the two cops come storming in. That is not how two real cops would handle that situation at all. Yeah. It's yeah. not how take, they would have. Take no prisoners. Ah! <laughs> yeah, those guys are crazy. And then Buddy beats up the security guard. How'd you let this happen? You got my partner killed. And I was like, yeah. I was like whoa, Buddy. <laughs> the, the, well, the, the weird thing about the police work is that whatever they're doing, it's working. I, I don't know if I missed a scene or something like that, but somehow uh, Dan Aykroyd does, in, in between scenes of him trying to reconcile with Trixie back in Gone with the Wind, um, he's trying, he somehow links it to the security guard. Yeah. He just starts showing up at his place. And at that point, yeah, the, uh, the spider... Sure with the spider guy goes, you know, wrong place, wrong time. And at that point, I didn't know whether Dan Aykroyd was going to be the hero or the next victim. So it was kind of ambiguous. I'm like, is he the next one to die or is he going to, you know, is, is he going to be the hero in this? So. Yeah. And then um, that's when I guess we see he kills the goons. Um, next, uh, his next feeding frenzy is the goons. Meanwhile, he's, he's kind of terrorizing his neighbor just by ripping his apartment apart and getting all mad and he's in yes, his hammock there and doesn't do anything that's you're not gonna you know that there's something wrong with him you've seen that there's something physically wrong with him and then yeah. you hear that and you're not gonna do it you're just gonna sit there and pet thor that's not a euphemism that's the dog um, <laughs> and i know these are movie tropes but it just, none of the stuff, this movie could have been shortened if just people made rational, you know, real-life decisions. This movie, this movie wouldn't exist, so I guess you need to have people acting stupid just to have the movie, so. Okay, but you could have done, you could have had people make better decisions in this. I mean, oh, absolutely, I agree, absolutely. Like, <laughs> what, if she, what if she had called the cops and Ackroyd responds? Now he's on... Now he knows something's up with this guy. Boom. You know what? You've just screenwriting 101 that you should teach a course, Mark. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I do want to say, I do want to say, I think Ackroyd did a good, he played it straight. And in my notes, I have written Dragnet. I think he, he played it a lot like his character in, in Dragnet. He, he played it straight. He wasn't going for laughs. He was playing it as a, as a film noir cop, well, so I, I liked his liked his performance. Yeah, Dragnet. I was getting a very, very heavy Dragnet uh, feel from his performance in this movie. Yeah, of course he thinks he's in Gone with the Wind or something. You know, <laughs> one of those scenes he had. He has my favorite line in the movie, where his wife, who's having an affair with Williams, Williams is still missing, and she, and she goes to the Dan Aykroyd. Will, have you found him yet? And he just looks at her and goes, "Look, maybe you got maybe you got himself gone. Maybe you got himself dead. Who knows?" <laughs> yeah, 
either he either way either way he's out of your life yes yeah. either he's gone or he got himself dead either way he's out of your life and i i know that wasn't supposed to be a funny line but i laughed i oh yeah. i laughed at that line <laughs> there's the, yeah that's a, that's a real good one um what my favorite one is uh so Ackroyd is walking this is after the attack stephanie uh sorry uh uh, Mary Jane um, is she's in uh, her apartment and being treated by a paramedic. The paramedic says, you'll be OK. Yeah. And, and then Ackroyd step, takes one step. Is she OK? Yeah, I <laughs> noticed that. How bad you're hearing, bud? <laughs> she, yeah. she she wasn't whispering like, you'll be OK. It's like, no, no, you'll be fine. Will she be fine? Yeah, she'll be fine. I'm surprised we didn't have three more cups. Will she be fine? How's she doing? She OK? Is, everything... <laughs> <laughs> is the pretty girl OK? Let's talk about the paramedics in this movie. So we go back to the beginning, and this guy, the security guard, spider guy, he gets beat up by the, the, the intruders. So he has this gaping head wound, which nobody fixes. There's no paramedics. So he comes home with a bloody head wound. Yeah. The cops question him. They let him walk out of that place with a gaping head wound that had to be treated several hours later by a nurse who doesn't know what a heroin needle looks like. So <laughs> I guess she's year one med school or. Yes. So. Well, you, you, uh, I just so, want to say I, I took this hypodermic needle I found on the street. I injected it in my face. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mister. I'm going to patch you up right now. The, right. The, you know how this movie. I'm a dizzy dame. I got nothing to do. <laughs> you know, this movie could have gone right after that incident. He could have a uh, sued the police force for because uh, he got assaulted by a police officer while he was yes. just doing doing his job. Uh, he could have sued Biochemco for wrongful termination because he was just doing his job and got fired for it. Um, and also for uh, unsafe uh, workplace and stuff like that, because they he, he got hurt on, on the job. This is two thousand one, so it's not like uh, these aren't like nineteen forties workplace practices where you have to just walk it off. They should have they, they didn't get him proper medical treatment. He was hurt on the job. This kid could have just retired a millionaire just now, in one day, in one afternoon. Yeah. He, like forget it. Like I'm not going to take this weird serum and fuck up my body. I'm getting a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Wrongful termination. Um, you got assault, uh, assault, but like I said, like you could have sued the city because one of their, yep. Sue the, sue the cop unsafe working environment. Oh yeah. Oh, he could have been rich. He could have owned biochemco (laughs) with an unknown biohazard chemical. Well, call us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll go to court for you. (laughs) No, well, there's no paramedics there. So no ambulance chasers came to see him. (laughs) <laughs> you had to walk it off did you foolishly stab yourself with, <laughs> with a chemical that you don't know what it is to impress a girl next door call me I'm George Shapiro yeah <laughs> I'm on your, I'm on your... His, you know if, if he injects himself with that stuff if they eventually get to him they're going to treat the head wound and see that on his arm and like what the hell is this you need to get this taken care of what did you just do yeah, they would have taken him to the hospital, right? And that would have been a whole other movie. Yes. Oh, it would have been quarantined. Oh, sorry, the, the other thing I have in my notes real quick. Um, so I was talking about how bad everybody's hearing is. 
As, uh, so when Quentin shows up after the assault, right, and, and is like, what? What's going on? I have nothing to do with this. Um, and she runs up, all of a sudden runs into his arms, and I was so scared, and she's crying on his shoulder. And then he's like, okay, I'll talk to you later. He, he goes into his apartment, and he screams, I stopped the killer! <laughs> like, <laughs> the cops are outside his door looking for the unknown person who stopped the killer from you know killing this woman and here's a guy in his apartment i stopped the killer yeah i have superpowers superpower. i'm a superhero yeah i know <laughs> because we know later in the movie these walls have no soundproofing so you can hear going on so yeah i started laughing i was like wait a second well we know dan Aykroyd has bad hearing he couldn't hear someone two feet away say you'll be okay <laughs> yeah so- so what about the rest of the, the dog? <laughs> Good God! Uh, oh my God! Well, let's get to the end because he, he finally there's a big showdown in the apartment. Dan Aykroyd comes in, and the fucking wife comes in. She dies. So fucking good riddance to her. Um, and it comes it comes down to the girl who is trapped in the web. Dan Aykroyd on the other side, and the Spider Man in the middle. And he's like, kill me. You have to kill me. You have to shoot me in my heart. Because we... I guess he goes to... He gets these well, spider <laughs> powers. Hang, hang on. He, he gets spider powers from, a, from an unknown um, serum that he found at Biochemco. And then he just assumes that his weakness is the same as a comic book character. That's insane. So he says. Well, so his best friend says, "Well, you got He's had, he has a human heart. He has a soft heart. So you got to you got to get stabbed or shot in the heart." So then Dan Aykroyd's like, "No, I won't kill you. I won't kill." you. He's like, "All right, fine, I'll make you." And then he turns around and goes after the girl, and that's when Dan Aykroyd kills him because turning on a dime is not a big problem in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, and he shoots him in the back. Yeah. Several not times. the not the heart, <laughs> the back of the heart. I the guess the back of the heart. Well, I, I assumed like he shot him so many times. Eventually, one of them hit the heart. I guess. Right. We'll never see it. But <laughs> well, they make a big deal of John Cho telling him like his heart is human. So if it if it dies, it doesn't come back. Right. So the rest of him can re- he can re- I guess this arachnid avenger can regenerate his limbs or recover from wo- serious wounds and stuff really quickly. Sure. And but if you hit him in the heart, then that's it, right? So okay, that's kind of how you build a comic book character. He has his strengths and one weakness. Sure. But yeah, to assume that you now have the exact same powers as this guy? Yeah. Um why? <laughs> what if it's Swiss cheese? What if that's your weakness? <laughs> well here's what I thought, because he phrases it like his heart breaks in episode in issue four so i thought like it's going to be beauty and the beast oh his heart is going to metaphorically break and then going back to the flower like we said before oh so he's going to in spider form he's going to give her that flower and (laughs) we'll have the metaphoric heartbreak before he dies nope that doesn't happen so well, yeah, I thought that, that yeah, I kind of thought too. Maybe I, I was giving this movie way too much credit that she was like he, she she was going to see him in the true form. He gives her the flower. She screams because he looks awful, and then that breaks his heart. And he would maybe just fall over or something, right? 
Right. I, something like that. That's what. That's where I thought they were going with the broken heart and the flower and the love interest. Yes, we were giving this movie way too much credit because yeah. they just the back. Yeah, just shoot him in the back, and that's fine. <laughs> There's uh, oh, um, before I forget, John Cho says something that okay, they're they're trying to be all comic booky with this, and they even have a comic book store owner. He pulls out. He pulls out. Uh, it, um, one point, he says it's it's one point one trade paperback of Arachnid Avenger. Okay, and then he goes, I'm going to give it the the what do you call it the triple the triple bag, um, treatment the triple and, bag something yeah, like yeah the triple bag treatment and I'm going to put the the comic book condom on it. Well, the bag is the condom, and you don't need three of them. First of all, secondly, no one ever does that with trade paperbacks because they're not the original issues and therefore not worth anything. There's my comic book geek out moment. <laughs> <laughs> you nerd. Yeah, yeah. There, I, I had to go full nerd there for a second because I'm like, yeah, they, they just they made it try and sound like like something a nerd would say, but no, bag and board it, and there you go, you're done. No, you don't. <laughs> like, that's right. You don't bag trade paperbacks because it's just like buying a book it's just like buying a novel. yeah they don't they don't have any value and uh and secondly putting it in three bags triple bagging it doesn't do anything (laughs) i was i was going to the comic book shops during this time like it was you know like the late 90s and the 2000s i know i know of what i speak but anyway (laughs) Uh, but speaking of uh, beauty and the beast that part the one of my favorite parts in the movie is when he sprouts those spider mandibles. Oh, <laughs> yes. Sorry, talk- no, she comes to the door and starts banging, and they're having this conversation through the door. And he's talking to her, and he's going, I just want to ask you a question. <laughs> if I asked you out, would you have gone out with me? And she's like, Of course, I've gone out with you. And it's- Trying to, they're trying to be like romantic and you know, have pathos there. It just comes off as ridiculous and funny because he's trying to talk with these with these spider mandibles that disappear the next morning. I don't know how that happens too. Apparently, yeah. spiders have ridiculous mandibles. Well, it, it was ridiculous because you have these two adults, these two 20, 30 something adults, and he's like, Would you go out with me? Like, like, yes. Like some like 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 a like some kind of fucking like sophomore in in, in high school. Yeah, no, you're you're right, and and there's a better way to film this. Like you show like because this poor bastard had to put these these prosthetics in his mouth and then try and do deliver his lines. They really could have just shown him approach the door, but then have just the conversation on the other side. We then we just switch to the other side of the door, and then he, that way he's free to talk. We, yeah. I, like seeing him try and struggle to talk with these things in his mouth was hilarious. It didn't. It I lost all the the romance of the scene or whatever they were trying to go for. Yeah, it just doesn't come across because he's like, I, 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 like like Scott said, right? He's just got these two things in his mouth. And he's trying to have a normal conversation. And the thing and was, right. like, and you guys were talking about your favorite lines in the movie. My favorite line is 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 this part because she gets all mad because he's like, no, you have to go away, go away, leave me alone. She's like, fine, I'll leave you alone. And I'm keeping your dog. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> Mark, you're going to teach a screenwriting 101 class and a film editing 101 class class because 
you're right. That would have been perfect where he's mm. and, for, and, that's, and once again, let's go back to the point where she's a nurse. She knows something's wrong with him. And he's talking like this through the door. <laughs> You're really not going to pursue this, are you? You're really not going to get this guy any help. Okay, you know what? You're a shitty neighbor. <laughs> he told you that he injected himself with something that he didn't know what it was. <laughs> Have you completely forgotten that fact? She, 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 her whole struggle through this movie, it's really like if she has any type of story arc, her only arc is trying to decide how invested she's going to get in this guy because it comes and goes. She's yeah. she's she's treating him. There's kind of a Florence Nightingale thing. And then you see she sees the needle mark. She's gone. Wait, wait, no, no. It's an unknown substance. OK, I'm back. And then, yeah. you know, I want to help you go away. OK, fine. And I'm keeping your dog like wait, this woman. She's just turning on a dime and, and over and over. And then at the end, it's don't kill him. Don't kill him. Don't kill him. We can mm -hmm. save him. Really? How? You got a plan for that? <laughs> How? You couldn't save him before. Before he grew fucking a spider head and eight eyes and six more arms that make ten all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, he's part human, so. Uh -huh. Granted. It, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't kill him. We can save him. Really? You? What textbook did you see that from? <laughs> well, yeah. it goes back to what both of you have mentioned earlier. People are taking advice from people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> He's taking advice from a security guard on science. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, Dan Aykroyd is taking advice from a girl in a web. No, don't shoot him. We can save him. How do you know that? Yeah. There's reason for these people to know any of this and they're just taking advice the, the oh. only one that i think knows what he's talking about speaking of that is walter the bartender yes the kid goes in the kid goes in and walter gives him the 411 on how to deal with these cops and basically don't fuck with them uh you know what i mean you don't want to see him on their best day and and that is actually solid advice because walter doesn't know this guy has superpowers so Walter's the only one giving advice that he yeah. actually knows what he's talking about and is but helping at, people. But at the end of the movie, Walter's like, uh, "Hey, Dan Aykroyd, uh, yeah, I know you. I know you're sad and shit, but uh, it's half past closing time, and uh, I want to go home. So get the fuck out." <laughs> I like I like the way he does it. Well, the only problem I have is I'm trying to close up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Dan Aykroyd pouring his heart. He's like, you ever feel like you just don't matter? Nothing you'd ever do is right. You ever feel like you just don't matter in the world? He's like, get out. Okay, then. <laughs> Pay the bill and he leaves. I, I want, I want a, a buddy movie with uh, actually a Cheers style movie with, with Walter the bartender. And then every time Thor walks in, the crowd's like, Thor! And he moses on up and he gets like a, you know, Saucer of water, yeah. A dish full of water and and a, and a little treat. <laughs> How's it going, well, Thor? I don't know. Pretty rough, Walter. <laughs> oh boy, are my dogs barking? Yeah. <laughs> and that's just my mother. Hey. Oh, she's a bitch. <laughs> don't you mean your ex-wife? She's a bitch too. Yay. You know. <laughs> Sorry. But the scene after that is confusing because Ackeroyd leaves the bar and then it looks like it's a POV shot of Spider Guy 
But then he drives directly to his apartment, and he, the spider guy is in his apartment. So that was a confusing. I'm like, is this is the spider guy stalking Ackroyd because he's getting too close? But I, I, yeah, I didn't get that at all. I have no, I had no idea. I think I was typing some notes. Yeah. yeah. I, so that just confused me. Once again, film shooting. Okay, because they went directly from. It had to be a POV shot because it was shot from across the street. Oh, so, so it, from Spider Guy's perspective. Right, and then but we the next scene we go to his apartment. And Spider Guy's in his apartment. So, did he get back there? It was that was just a very confusing. They are very uh, quick, them spiders. Yes, they are very yeah. quick. Well, I mean, they well, hear you he coming a mile away. So he did climb up the wall in one scene in a horrible CG screen effect. But <laughs> I know they they really should have just gone for the old electric company trick of just filming it on the ground, but pretending like he's climbing up the wall and then turn the camera yeah. sideways. Robin, <laughs> the, the old yeah. Bat, yeah, Batman, Robin, yeah. There's an old Spider-Man uh, live action thing that they used to do on TV. I don't know if you guys saw that down there in the I states. Electric company. Oh, I love the I love Spidey on the electric. That he was the that was the first live action Spider Man ever on the Electric yep. Company. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got to wrap up here, guys. Uh, anything else, real quick? Oh God. Uh, oh well, one thing. Um, when Walter, the bartender, said "Thank you, Grillo," my phone uh, lit up as if he, uh, thinking he said "Okay, Google," and my phone just <laughs> did it again. <laughs> Here's a matching. Oh uh, well, the last. Oops. So the last. <laughs> it just looked uh, something up. <laughs> The comic book owner has a statue of Spider Guy in his fully developed form. Yeah. How does he know? How does he know that? I'm t- I'm guessing once all this comes to light, the government is everybody's coming down to shut this shit down and cover it up. Oh, so absolutely. there's absolutely absolutely no way he would know what his buddy transferred into. Yeah, because Spider- when he saw him last, he was nowhere near what he became. So no, no, yeah. not not even close. Yeah, so Sp- Spider Guy ends up in a body bag and shipped off to a government facility. That's the only way this ends. Oh, yeah. and, and I'm pretty sure that comic book guy he might end up missing because because the, the government, you, you know, they'll oh, this, <laughs> what do you? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna bring him in for questioning. Yeah, they might bring him in for questioning, and he doesn't leave. So right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mysteriously disappears. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, if I was running that building, I would just board up that window after the second time Buddy jumped through it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that <laughs> maintenance bill. God damn it. He keeps doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you said uh, the name Earth versus the Spider. No, it should have been Grillo versus the Spider. That's as much of this movie as yeah, we get. Pretty much. Well, that'll, that'll take us into it. Then uh, we always try to find the real story behind the story. Mark, what do you got? Uh, two of them, or or is it a junior high school production of Spider Man tweaked just enough so they don't get sued? Um, or is it the web woven about a cop who couldn't pull the trigger was seen as weak by his colleagues and his wife who openly cheated on him, only to watch her die in his arms at the hands of a monster? Ah, oh, there you go. I think this is the Dan Aykroyd story with just some weird monster movie tacked on. Because otherwise, okay. it's it's a kind of an interesting cop like personal drama that they've got going on this whole cuckold thing there. Well, and the thing is, he's when he finds the guy that's been cheating with his wife dying, he tries to save. Yeah, to save. 
Right to the end. He's a guy that's ruined your life, and he, he's such a good cop or a good guy that he tries to save him. Even though Buddy's like, kill me now. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a lesser what, man would have taken him up on that. Sorry, what do you got, yeah, Scott? Uh, my take on this movie is if you ever, ever, ever want to have a wonderful laugh, just watch Dan Aykroyd run in dress slacks because it was <laughs> but, but little t- I, I have in my notes, Aykroyd has a giant ass and he does <laughs> and run in those olive colored dress slacks across the street. He does it for one scene. He just runs and it's like, you know, he said to the director, I'm going to run and I'm going to run once. So you better get that shot because I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Very true. Uh, I have it simply, uh, or is it Mean Mark's WSWD? Web slinging wet dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, you did put that as your person. (laughs) Because you've got the Spider-Man t-shirt on, man. I am literally wearing one right now. Uh, Yeah, And I know you want them powers. So. I want, I want, yeah, I can do, I can do without the body uh, modification horror uh, of it all, but yeah, the the cute nurse next door who also reads comic books and is interested in me. I mean, and, we'll and spider dog, yeah. and spider powers can watch my dog who I've named Thor. I mean, this guy is almost me. You know, I just yeah. don't have a job as a security guard. I did think about it at one time. So you're almost you're bang on. on. <laughs> Your best friend is a comic book store owner. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't yeah. have one of those right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we we got to wrap up because I got to get going. But uh, Scott, where, where can they find you? And what are you doing uh, these days? Um, you can find me at my website, scottyblanco.com. Uh, right now, I'm about to, I'll be heading up north for some uh, tour dates. Uh, that'll be on my calendar. Also trying to get my YouTube channel. I'm doing those four and a half minute reviews. And I reached 100 subscribers. So now I have a personalized URL. So you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Scott White Comedian. So please go to the page, watch the videos, subscribe, go to my Patreon page. And if you want specific videos, uh, you can request those uh, with a certain uh, tier on my Patreon page. Uh, that's all I got right now. But uh, yes, head to the YouTube, uh, youtube.com backslash Scott White Comedian, and uh, help me get some views on some of my videos. Sweet. Well, that's going to pretty much do it for Earth versus the Spider. I'm Derek Farley. I'm Mean Mark. And I'm Scott White. Join us next time. We'll take a look at the story of an online video gamer who is hunted by a white masked killer. What's your favorite scary Twitch channel? Join us for Street. Oh, we want to be with you. <laughs>